Karma Automotive, Forbes Magazine's most anticipated luxury electric vehicle. Karma Automotive is a luxury EV brand designed and manufactured in California. Proud sponsor and official luxury vehicle of the Las Vegas Raiders. Charge the motion beyond EV. Karma Automotive. The game is over, but we're just getting started. You're listening to The Fifth Quarter, presented by Twitch on the Raiders Podcast Network. Well, Raider Nation, I can admit when I am surprised, and I am surprised. Eddie Pascal here hanging out in the fifth quarter presented by Twitch with our man Jason Fitz. And Fitz, first off, it's good to see you. I know that when I talked to you yesterday, were you in the air when we were exchanging texts? Yeah, so I was at the Big 12 championship game doing the Dr. Pepper tuition giveaway thing where you have to throw the footballs into the cans and, you know, kid won $100,000 Love in it. tuition. Uh, by the way, really rooting for the girl that lost. I'll be honest. Uh, like I, I'm a, you know, the, the kid that won. Uh, congratulations to him at one, but he was at Duke and like a legacy at Duke. Oh. I talked to the girl that lost, and I was like, "Hey, like, tell me your story." And she's like, "Well, uh, you know, I'm enrolled in community college, but I don't have the money for it, and I'm trying to get into aviation school so I can make a better life for me and my two year old daughter that's no. autistic." And I was like, "And she threw a, fl- she missed one throw in the whole. She was one short of a new record in the warm up throws the day before." We were all like, she's even the guy that won was like, yeah, I'm not beating her. And she cracked under the pressure. So, you know, I, I felt bad for her, but it was a, it was a fun experience. And then I got to come home and watch the Raiders just beat up on the Chargers for a little bit. Oh, feels good, Eddie. It's beautiful, man. It's a beautiful thing. And the, and the Raiders certainly did not wilt under pressure today as they handle business, taking down the aforementioned Chargers 27-20 for their third win in a row. And, and I said the top fits, like, I will admit when – I was wrong when I'm surprised, and I think in this in this case, I'm both. Uh, I did not think, candidly, the Raiders had a little three-game winning streak in them. Uh, I did not think they were going to play as complete of a game as they did today. Now, it, it certainly wasn't perfect, but a really, really good overall game for the Silver and Black, and fits just like that. It seems like things are kind of rounding into form for your 2022 Las Vegas Raiders. Wasn't, according to some experts, the secondary supposed to be barbecued chicken in this game? I heard and, that. You know, I think I think the thing that really brought the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, the thing that really got my like juices flowing was watching that D-line from the outset play with a level of fire and turbo button. I'm telling you, we talked about it last time, Eddie, and the changes we've seen in the interior portion of the defensive line really feels like it's changed the way that teams are having the game plan against the entire defensive line. And you could see, I we, we talked about the walk-off win a few weeks ago and the collective side, the Chandler Jones sack was a moment where you just felt energy come into the entire defensive line. And it never left like that defensive line made Justin Herbert's life miserable for the entire game and it reminded you of what the equation was supposed to be coming into the year and and a quick moment you know quick uh quick moment in the sun man round of applause for Chandler Jones because I mean let's be honest I've said it you've said it there is he has taken a lot of grief for the first what 10 11 weeks of this season and that dude balled out today I mean we look at his final line right now Chandler Jones finishes with three sacks 
two tackles for loss, five quarterbacks hits, a pass defense, and candidly, he should have had a fourth sack. There was one where he literally jumped over Justin Herbert. So Herbert ducked at the perfect moment. Otherwise, we were talking about a four-sack game for Chandler Jones. Uh, And we talk about the defensive line. I mean, he really was the catalyst for a lot of things that the big fellows up front wanted wanted to do today. And it wasn't just Chandler. Uh, I know Max didn't have a sack today, but Max is active. The big fellows in the middle getting after it. I mean, this fits, this defensive line, is the defensive line we were promised, right? This is what it was supposed to look like. This is how it was supposed to feel going up against one of the biggest, baddest dogs in the AFC West. And credit to Pat Graham for keeping this group grounded, centered, and telling them to keep plug, plug, plugging away. Because today, they really brought their A game. And, and Kaylee, that's a big reason why the Raiders won this game. Not only did the front four create pressure, which we now know, like, I love this. Every time you watch a TV broadcast, make it a responsible non-alcoholic drink, but take a drink every time you hear about, you know, uh, the, the key is to get after them with your front four. Of course, that's what everybody yeah. wants to do. The problem is there aren't enough good front, front fours in the NFL to do that. But once that started to happen in this game, then you add into that the well-timed blitz. And all of a sudden you just, you could feel the fear on the Chargers offensive line. And I thought that was palpable throughout the course of this game. It kept Herbert off balance throughout the course of this game. I mean, I think there's so much that comes to Graham's ability to figure out when to dial it up. There were a lot of times they brought everybody to the line and even the the broadcasters on TV were saying, well, it's about to be a blitz. And then everybody fell back. So it felt like there was a chess match going and that chess match was being won by the Raiders' defense in the strategery happening before the snap of the football. You know, I'm glad you brought up the well-timed blitz, too, because it really feels like Denzel Perryman has become the embodiment of the well-timed blitz. And like I said, credit to to Pat Graham for knowing and feeling kind of that perfect moment for it. But, I mean, it is... This offense, excuse me, this defense, and, and to go back to Friday night, I boycotted the Pac-12 championship game, Fitz. I couldn't bring myself. As an organ. Yes, I couldn't bring myself to go to Allegiant to watch the game. But as I'm watching at home uh, with the wife, especially in that fourth quarter, I kept telling her, I was like, man, this Utah defense is fun to watch. They are running around with their hair on fire. They're bringing DBs. They're bringing safeties. The defensive line is, is getting sustained pressure. I was like, and it is so much fun to watch. And at one, mo- one moment during the game today, I leaned over to the, the person my left and said, it kind of reminds me of that, where everyone as a collective is just running around doing their thing. Denzel Perryman is is a, a man possessed. Chandler Jones has been reborn uh, in early December, and and it was just, it was so refreshing. And I think just on a very personal level, the past three weeks have got to feel really, really good for this Raiders defense after how they started this season. Flying to the ball is something that we love to see but flying to the ball is something that's really difficult to do when you're thinking. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, some of the great analysts out there broke down how the Raiders a few weeks ago oversimplified everything. And then they started bringing complex concepts back after that point. It feels like there's a level of comfort happening from the front seven, particularly. I mean, you, you can talk all day long about the fact that if we were playing this game on Madden, the Madden ratings of our DBs against their wide receivers would not look favorable. It didn't matter in this game though, because you were masking that weakness by being able to get after people in such an incredible way. I mean, the fact that they were able to blitz that well, they were able to rush the passer that well, they were still able to keep the run in check. I mean, the only thing that the only fatal flaw I thought that this defense had a couple of times was they were burnt on some screens. And then what do you see late in the game? The one time that the chargers desperately needed the screen, The Raiders knew it was coming. So like the adjustments to the adjustments feel like the the defense won in every possible way. We've been hard on this defense all year. It just feels like 
maybe all myself included, let me say this loudly, myself included, maybe a bunch of people underestimated the learning curve on what it was going to take to start to understand some of these concepts offensively and defensively, because this is a Raiders team that not only looks like they're having more fun, they look like they have a better understanding of where they need to be right now. And that's much different than it was four weeks ago. And and not to get too meta and philosophical about any of this fits, but you go back to the start of the year, the first game against the Chargers, Raiders fall down early. They're down 17-3 to in the second quarter. And we know how that ends. Raiders mount to come back, but just a little bit too late, too little too late. You look at today, Raiders fall down early, 10 nothing, and then something clicks. And I think they're two similar starts of the game for the Raiders, and we can talk about these slow starts in just a sec. But in one game, the Raiders aren't able to overcome those mistakes. They're not able to kind of right the ship, focus in, and come away with a victory. Today, they do that in a big way. And it wasn't always the prettiest. It wasn't certainly the, the most glamorous win you'll see. There were a lot of things that need to get better. But two, same opponent, two different games, two different outputs. Uh, one ends up with a win and, and one ends with a loss. So I, I think that, like I said, not to get too you know, you know, metaphysical about anything, but you do kind of see the changes to this team. You do kind of see the marked improvement. And that's all. When you and I had this conversation a month ago, when things were not going well for this team, all we talked about is like, hey, we just want to see things get a little bit better week after week after week. And that is exactly what we're seeing. Think about body language for a second, because I, uh, I, I was hard on them a few weeks ago in the loss when I felt like nobody was picking each other up. Nobody was talking to each other. There was no communication. Team really felt like they were giving up on each other. And I'd never seen that from this group with these veterans, with these players. I was really surprised by that. I only mentioned that because I don't know, you know, we talk all the time about identity. I don't know if what's happened since then, but one thing that Josh McDaniels has stressed as a coaching staff is they're not going to get too high. They're not going to get too low. They're just going to keep doing the work. And I don't know what happened since that moment, but that feels like that portion of the identity has seeped in to the culture of this group of guys, because even when they were down 10, nothing, there wasn't a panic. There wasn't a press. There wasn't a change in the play calling. There wasn't a change in aggressiveness or strategy. There wasn't, guys fighting and chirping with each other. Everybody kept bouncing around. Everybody would look good. Like everybody felt like, Hey, this thing isn't starting. Well, we're going to be just fine. There's a calm to that. And I think that that is becoming part. If we separate everything we we've seen in the first five weeks, six weeks of the season to what we're seeing right now, being even keeled seems to be a real part of the leadership of Devante, the leadership of Derek Carr and the leadership of Josh McDaniels. And and sticking on Derek for a second, we got to talk about Devontae's huge game here in just a second, but you talk about it, it kind of seemed like there, there was a line in the sand somewhere. And, and I think in a lot of ways, you can go back to that Colts game, right? You can look at the very visceral reactions, the emotional reactions we saw from DC at the podium. And everyone felt some kind of way about it, about seeing him kind of, uh, you know, unleash those emotions, be open, be vulnerable. But you know what hasn't happened since, the, since that happened, Fitz? The Raiders haven't lost a football game. They've won three games in a row since Derek let it all out, since he let it all, you know, everything come out and, and anything that he'd been that had been festering in him and he'd been thinking about. Since he let that out, the, the Raiders have really looked like a different team. Uh, and I think Derek deserves a ton of credit for that leadership. So does Josh McDaniels for staying the course, staying diligent, really committing to what he said from day one, where he's going to be the same guy, win or lose. Uh, and Devontae as well. And so I, I think... Perhaps a better conversation for us to have at the end of the season, whenever they, whenever that may be fits. But it really does feel, like we said at the top, that something has changed with your 2022 Raiders, and it's kind of hard to explain what it is, but there is something that's different. 
Yeah. And, you know, if you go back to the emotion you just talked about, what hit me was the emotion the next week when the Raiders got the win. And, and mm-hmm. look, it was you guys that put it up on social, the locker room video and the way everybody's chanting DC's name and the way everybody's jumping up and down with each other. A love, a camaraderie, a thing. And there was just an it factor to that moment. And it really felt I'll use the college football analogy because I just came out of the Big 12 championship. I think Georgia as a football program changed forever when they won a national championship because they beat Alabama to do it. And what we saw this year was a different version of Georgia, right? Like that, it was just that, that yeah, but was off their backs. I felt like early on in the season, the worst things were getting for the Raiders, the tighter they were playing. All of a sudden they get that one win and it felt like a, just a different approach to the way this team is doing business. They get another walk-off win and it feels like a different approach. And then you think about the number of things in this game, falling behind early. Yes, uh, the opportunity at the end of the half uh, to try and to, to get a stop. They needed a stop to keep it a three-point game. They did. Then they're not able to convert the, the field goal. That's something that could absolutely crush your confidence. The Chargers get the ball first in the second half. How many times this season have we seen these little moments snowball and nothing snowballed all the way down to needing to get a big stop at the end? They, they got all of that done. They're just – it feels like – for the first time, positivity has snowballed with this team, and it's really changing the way everything feels all the way to the line of scrimmage, to the to the control, the lack of penalties, the discipline. It just feels like a focused team that's having fun. Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, like you said, it, it feels like a group that's having fun. And I think it's a lot easier to have fun when, and we've heard from Josh McDaniel say this, it's a lot easier to have fun when your captains are kind of staying even keel, when they're understanding the process, when you don't have anyone hanging their heads. I mean, you look at, we talk about the biggest dogs, the biggest, baddest dogs on this Raiders team. And what have they done? They've been the catalyst. They've been the ones carrying this team. Derek Carr, another big game. Josh Jacobs goes 26 for 144 with another touchdown today. A dude who is fully in the matrix. Devontae Adams, take a deep breath, Fitz, goes 8 for 177 and two touchdowns. 8 for 177 and two touchdowns. Let me say this, and maybe I'm screaming this to the people I work with at ESPN every day. The next time somebody says, do you think Devontae regrets not being where he was before? Just kick him in the no-no places. Like, it, it, to me, at some point, I said this to one of my ESPN coworkers. We are not even acknowledging the fact that Devontae's having a huge year. Mm-hmm. Like, it's he's not having a good year. He's having a huge year. And if the, the concept is he wants to play somewhere with his, with his good buddy, and catch a bunch of footballs and try and make a difference. All of those things are being accomplished. Are they winning games? No, but let's not turn around. We're, it, it's a fair conversation to have about some of the way Aaron Rodgers has played without Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is not having a dip without Aaron Rodgers. I just got like, I just got to say that loudly for every, every conversation about the two of them not being together anymore. Uh, Devontae's yardage the past five game fits. 177 tonight. So 177, 74, 141. 126, 146. That'll do. That'll work. I mean, and the whole field knows he's getting the ball. That's that's it's crazy, just, too. That's a fantastic point, Fitz. Like, there is no we, – we, Eddie and I were talking about this today. Uh, like, you got, you got Devontae, you got Mac Hollins, right? At this point, reminder, loudly, 62 snaps. That's how many snaps Hunter Renfro – Darren Waller and Devontae Adams have been on the field together this year. 62. That number is not likely to change. So we're at 62, right? So Devontae has had to do all of the heavy lifting and the entire world with one of the best safeties, the NFL Defensive Player of the Month 
from the AFC, right? The defensive player of the month was Derwin James. What impact did he have on this game, right? Yeah. Like Devontae went out there and he ate against that Chargers secondary like it was still Thanksgiving, man. Like, and we all know what's coming. Like, good, good Lord, that and ability to cook. We, what, what was it? Tim Brown, Jerry Rice. Is that the last time we've seen this sort of dominance for, from Raiders fandom? Well, we, we talk about that sustained success fits, right? So here's a stat from our, our friends at NFL Research. Devontae Adams now has four games with 100-plus receiving yards and two touchdowns in 2022. So he's done that four times uh, as we record this on December 4th. That is the most such games in Raiders history. <laughs> I mean, like, and, and the thing of it is, he's not 37, yeah. right? Like, that's the other part of it. Like, this is Devontae and Devontae's prime. He's got he's got years left. You want one? You this. want one more Devontae stat for you? One more nugget to to, to, to ruminate on? Uh, this marks the 20th career game for Devontae Adams with two receiving touchdowns. He becomes the sixth player in the Super Bowl era with 20 such games within his first nine seasons. Part two, Adams is also only the third player ever, third player ever with 100-plus receiving yards in each of his first five division games. So we talked about how good the AFC West was going to be. We ta- and, and look, I think maybe some of us, myself included, may have overestimated how good the AFC West was. But all the same, important games. That's where you make your money, in those division games. And Devontae has gone 100-plus in his first five. That will do, sir. I, I think these are the moments that, look, I, there's we're never going to lie about the, the hole that's been dug in the way this season started. And the amount of digging out that it would take would be historic. So I'm not going to sit here and even speculate down that path. But one thing you and I have talked a lot about is what do we want out of this season? I want to see growth. I want to see understanding. I want to see the offense become more second nature to everybody. What did we see today? We saw Derek Carr that was really under control behind a, a, an offensive line that, by the way, has been playing better and better and better. And an offensive line that is out there creating there were three different runs today that I can remember off the top of my head where Josh Jacobs stopped and had two different lanes that were wide open for him and he got to play like the old choose your own adventure did you ever read those books when you were a kid? oh yeah like, oh, if yeah. you want to go left down the hall turn to page 72 like that's what like Josh was turning to page 72 went left like the offensive line is playing better and better and even when the Chargers stacked everything to try and figure out a way to stop the run all of a sudden, Devontae gets involved, and then they have to change everything. I think the coaching's gotten better. The play calling's gotten better. The quarterback understanding's gotten better. Devontae's comfortable. Josh is playing lights out like we keep talking about. The offensive line's getting better. The defensive line shows up today. Like These are the moments you're like, man, it, a, a month ago, I was looking at it saying, my God, where are the building blocks? Yeah. And now you're looking at it saying, hey, everybody's starting to get that thing together. And I'm glad you brought up the offensive line, Fitz, because during his presser tonight, Coach McDaniel said, and he and conferred with our guy, Will Kiss, so Will Kiss got a little off-screen time. But he, he goes, you know, I'm, one thing I'm really proud of is that today we had no sacks on Derek and no negative yards. No, excuse me, no negative runs. Apologies. No negative runs. And so, I mean, if you're doing that, and you have an offense that has Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams balling out doing their thing, that is a recipe for success. And I'm curious for your take on this, and you and I were kind of talking about this a little bit before we started rolling, but uh, per, per our friend Rachel Gosson at Raiders.com, Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs combined for a total of 321 of the Raiders' 404 yards of offense today. Now, I, there's two ways to take this. So when you hear that, Fitz, where do you go? 
I think great coaches find ways to get great players to football. And when you've got two guys right now that are arguably, uh, I'm not like, let's say it this way. Devontae's the top three wide receiver in the NFL, right? Top three, top four. I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. Josh Jacobs is having a top three season at running back in the NFL. You feed your hot hand. I always use this example. I was at the game, Rich Gannon against the Steelers all the way back. I think it might've been 2008, first game of the year, right? Early September. I'm at the game in Pittsburgh. And I remember that that game, Rich Gannon came out and threw the ball like the first 30 plays, whatever it was. Just, just kept throwing the ball and throwing the ball. Set a new record at the time. Kept throwing the ball and throwing the ball. Why did he keep doing that afterwards? Uh, and the, the Raiders killed the Steelers. And afterwards, he's like, we kept doing it because they couldn't stop it. So if you know you got somebody they can't stop, then you just keep feeding them. And you make sure that that person is involved in the game plan. And you go out there and you win football games that way. Like there's a difference right now when Zamir White, uh, you know, I, I hope he gets his shot at some point, but Zamir White, like when he's running the football, ain't looking like Josh, right? Like, and, and there's no way as much as I like the, the, the season Matt Collins is having right now, been a real, like uh, real gem for the Raiders offense. He's not Devontae. Like you get the ball to your two guys. Yeah, I, you're right. And I see it. I 100% understand where you're coming from. I get that. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I've been the biggest proponent, and Al knows this, of let Josh run, hand him the ball, and let him go to work. I get that. So I'm going to sound a little bit hypocritical here in a sec. But when I see that number that Derek and Dev excuse me, that uh, Josh and Devontae combined for 321 out of those 404, part of me is a little nervous hearing that, though, because I, I ask myself, okay, if Josh needs a breather, if Devontae gets the win knocked out of him, where does that production come from? And we look at the numbers today, and obviously Josh, once again, no shocker here, the bell cow, 26 carries. Zamir White had two, and Amir had one. No one is giving him a breather. In terms of the wide receiving core, and I know that the, the tight end situation was kind of in flux today, but Devontae Adams has 12 targets, eight receptions. Mac Hollins has nine targets, five receptions. And that's it. They are the only wide receivers that caught passes today. So, yes, it worked. Yes, it's fantastic. But part of me wonders a little bit, Fitz, how sustainable is that for the next five, six weeks, whatever it is? I would love to see Foster Morrow have a big breakout moment. I mm -hmm. would. Like, he's, he had a couple of nice catches, a couple of nice opportunities. They tried to get him the ball. I would love to see. I, I would feel more comfortable in this offense if I had one more guy that you could rely Agreed. on, you know, and unfortunately injury is taking so much of that away right now. But I think that's Foster's the person that we're all, because I think there's a lot of us and a lot of people around the NFL that believe that Foster is fully capable of becoming a starting tight end in, in the league, not, not just because of his blocking ability, but he can catch passes. So I would love to see him get an opportunity to shine more. I think that could be a big, big, big addition to this offense. And, to your point, one thing, you know, I know plenty of time to look ahead to Thursday, but I do have to stress that we're looking ahead to Thursday. Yes. And while it's a decimated Rams team, your lead back just took 26 carries. So now do the simple math. He's going to sit in an ice tub tomorrow for a game off Tuesday. They're going to do a little walkthrough while I'm sure he continues to get treatment on the calf issue. We all know is a big deal. Wednesday, you know, you, you have a walkthrough, and that's about the best you can do. And, and, that's, a, and that's a travel that day, body, too, Fitz. That's a travel day, too, for the Raiders. Right. So then you got to hope that that body is ready to go. And I, I think every single person watching the game was holding our collective breath late. I think it was uh, midway through the second quarter. Josh came up. You could see him wincing. Like, you could see mm -hmm. the wince, and you could see the limp. And it was like, oh, nope, he's going to need a breather. He still took another 20 carries after that, right? So 
I think we'll get a real indication on Thursday night. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought up the Thursday thing because I, I think that's the very next or the next very real hurdle for this team. And and coach talked about it uh, this after or soon this evening. He says, look, you know, the beauty of the Thursday night game is twofold. One. It's not a surprise. Everyone knows it's on the schedule. You're not gonna. It's not gonna sneak up on you. He goes, but two, both teams are in the exact same position. They, it's you know, it's a very equal playing field for both teams. And now the Raiders obviously have to get on a plane and take a flight to Los Angeles, albeit a very short flight. But still, you're traveling. You're getting a hotel. You're out of your routine a little bit. But we're gonna learn a lot about this Raiders team come Thursday. And, and I, I'm I'm curious here, Fitz. Where also I was I was going back and, and looking at my notes and looking at some of the uh, the things you and I have discussed over the past couple of weeks. So this is because of some scheduling funkiness. This is your third appearance in a row with us. Also coincides, Fitz, with three Raiders wins. I'm I mean, just saying. Let's just keep it going. I'm just saying. Let's just keep it going. I'm like, just saying. I mean. <laughs> but if you but but okay so after that though but you look back to that Colts game and it does kind of feel like that was the line in the sand for 2022 for the Las Vegas Raiders what has been different I mean I, I understand there's been a more of a commitment to that formula of what works on offense but when you take a look at the past 21 days for this Raiders team I mean it really does feel like night and day to compare what we saw for the first part of 2022 what sticks out to you uh, execution I, I, I I'm gonna say this all day like I think some of these concepts and, and something I've talked to Orlovsky a lot about at ESPN is, you know, quarterback concepts and offensive concepts. And, you know, I, one of the things that's really jarring, I, I was going over this with AJ McCarron today. Is Friend of the program. College football stuff. Friend of the program. AJ was talking about how in some offenses, when you step up to the line, the minute you step up to the line, each player on that line, each, each skill set player, including the quarterback, may have upwards of eight or nine adjustments they make depending on where one person is lined up. I think we forget that sometimes. So you get to that line and you're trying to figure out who's going where, when, why, and how. Man, it's it's a lot more than just Madden where you're sitting there saying, well, I'm going to run right. Like even some of the run fits that are required from the offensive line take a lot. What did we see today? We saw a lot of bunched formations on offense where you got a little bit of motion, which is telling them who's going where and you're putting an extra blocker in on one edge and hoping you can get Josh a clean lane to get behind. When you start thinking about all of the intricacies of that, I think it takes time. And I don't know what the wake-up call is or, or was after the Colts loss, but it really does feel like the team has come out better disciplined. Like down in distance is a huge deal. You cannot, when you are a run-first team and you only have one real threat as a wide receiver, you can't come out in first and 25. You can't, you can't put yourself behind the eight ball. So they played much smarter and it just feels like something, something clicked and everybody sort of woke up in that process. So the other, that the other thing I'll credit quickly is I think the, the roster maneuvers made in the interior of the defensive line have been a huge, like not just an addition, they have been an eye opening, jarring, huge addition and a defensive line that plays so much with energy offensive line that, that is, is taking some time to gel together. I think the interior of these lines it just it's been a big difference. Can can you not tell me that Jerry Tillery had a blast out there tonight? I mean, and, and listen he's he's trying to get he's trying to get himself paid. Like that's a man trying to earn earn a spot somewhere. He played like it. Yeah, I mean, he played incredible. I think he's he's been kind of like we talk about that infusion into the interior of that Raiders defensive line. I mean, he has been outstanding. I mean, really all the big fellows in the middle, I think, have been really, really good the past month. But I think for me, when I look back at the past three wins and, and kind of understanding like, okay, what was the the thing that I don't want to say was missing for that first part of the year, but what's kind of the most marked improvement that I've seen? And for me, it's 
it's not, yes, I know the execution has been, been better and Josh is playing out of his mind and it helps that Max is playing at a, at a defensive player of the year type level. But for me, it's really just been that energy, that positive energy. And you talked earlier about, you know, during that Colts game where guys aren't helping each other up off the turf, right? There's a hanging of the head. There's maybe not that oomph that you need. The past three weeks, that is what this team has run off of. That defense is playing a possessed type of football. The offense is clicking. Josh, I mean, there is no one out there that's having more fun than Josh Jacobs right now for good reason. And to me, it just feels like this team has something. They have a bug, the best possible bug that you could have. And it's just infectious right now. They're having fun. They're playing with energy. They're bringing the juice. Uh, And I know that it's not something that we can really put down on the stat sheet. But to me, when I watch this team and I rewatch the games, that to me, Fitz, is the biggest difference from the past three weeks compared to what we saw the first part of 2022. I also want to shout out yet again, I feel like this is the third week in a row maybe, but Perryman yeah. is, is just, you want to talk about the differences, somebody that played at a Pro Bowl level last year that felt like maybe he wasn't a great fit in this defense. It's, it's like everything else. It's like it just took it a second to get locked in. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's it's wild what a difference he has made coming up the gut and up the middle. Like we, we forget about the fact that, you know, we didn't have him for several games that Diablo was supposed to be a big part of this defense in the linebacker position as well. We got a bunch of bodies in there that are still learning how to play together. Like, we, we forget that Perryman has been an absolute delight the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he really has. And like I said, he is the king now of the well-timed blitz. We got to trademark that fits. We got to do like the Patrick Graham trademark well-timed blitz. So uh, it has been like so, that. yeah, it has been so much fun to watch this team. And, and you just forget how much fun it is when things are going your way. I mean, you you started. We look at the beginning of this year, and it felt like every football was not bouncing the way for the Raiders. And now the bounces are coming our way, uh, and it is so much fun. And we talked about the hole, the very real hole that the Raiders dug themselves in the first part of the season, and that ain't going anywhere. That's reality. That is the world we are existing in. But that does not mean that we cannot celebrate each of these wins, that we cannot relish the fact that the Silver and Black are in a three-game winning streak and are now going to fly to Los Angeles to take on a Los Angeles Rams team quarterbacked by question mark Fitz? Who yeah. do we got? Who do we got? I don't even know who's yeah. in the quarterback position. Like I, I mean, we stopped paying attention to that, right? Like, And the Rams actually had a juggernaut of a game today against the Seahawks, so – you know, but I think that's also a statement to the fact that the Seahawks are, you know, maybe, maybe not as good as everybody wants them to be uh, at, at some point. But yeah, the Rams, uh, Rams without a ton of players at this point. Also, Aaron Donald. No, Aaron Donald is going to change the way this entire defensive front plays. So, and we'll I'm, see how that I'm glad you bring up Aaron Donald just on our way outfits. We talk about Aaron Donald, a beast in really all aspects of a defensive uh, game plan, but a man who has really made his money, you know, clogging things up in the middle, getting after the quarterback, just being an overall menace, right? Here's a great stat that just came through, according to our friends at Next Gen Stats. So on Josh's touchdown run, his eighth touchdown of the year, uh, he, he, excuse me, now he only has eight touchdowns, but he has eight touchdowns running between the tackles, trailing only Jamal Williams, who has nine. But on inside runs in particular fits this year, Josh Jacobs has 750 yards, 204 more than the next closest player, 593 yards after first contact, 167 yards more than the next closest player. Uh, And then, uh, yes, and so that's it. But I mean, hey, if you're you're running inside and Aaron Donald's not there, if you're Josh Jacobs, it's got to be exciting. Got to be something that you're looking forward to on Thursday. And this is one of those moments too, like when people start talking about rookie classes and the rookies that have made an impact, 
There's one in that interior of that offensive line. I mean, Parham is at a very, like yes. we forget that we've got a rookie out of Memphis starting in the offensive line in the middle of it all, handling all. And the Chargers defense is no joke. Like that's the other, like this isn't a, a, a defense full of scrubs. By the way, I looked it up. Ed, Wolford is the, the quarterback. Ah, the excellent. Rams. Four, 14 to 26 for a buck 78 with two picks today. So, mm. uh, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, to take with that. But, look, but, and tough, I will say Thursday this. Thursday night's tough for everybody. Thursday night is tough. And I think you and I have both seen time and time again, you will look like a fool, an absolute fool, if you look past anyone in the National Football League. Well, and Sean McVay is still one of the best of the best. He's a guru. When it comes to, you know, so I, I obviously, especially right now, I think there's a level of caution and urgency to every single week of the season remaining for the Raiders. There is no doubt about that. But I, I cannot stress this enough, man. I said it a couple of minutes ago, but a month ago it was, my God, how do you fix all of this? Now you're looking around and saying, wait, 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 wait. Maybe the little engine that could is starting to get a little rhythm here and guys are figuring it out. And what the best case scenario for this Raiders team above and beyond anything else is that guys on this roster figure it out so that you, you get to see the best of the best from the players that are already in the organization and you can start to see how good the future can be. And, and I think just, you know, not even looking ahead to, to next season, but looking ahead a little bit, I think it's important that you finish this season off, however it ends, with some positivity, right? To understand like, hey, there are building blocks here for us to, to keep stacking. There are bricks here. This is, the cupboard is not bare. There is a method to the proverbial madness. So look, yes, I think all of us are, are excited about this moment that we're living in, and every Raider fan out there should be excited. After the first part of the season, you get up, you have fun, you call your buddies, you talk your trash tomorrow. The Raiders have won three in a row. Now, the, oh, other, yeah. the other side of that fits is the world of reality that we talked about. And you know, we don't need to get too ahead of ourselves. But I think as we go through this next month of the football season, let's see progress from the rookies, from the veterans. Let's see who's going to be a part of this thing in 2023 and beyond. Whatever the record is going to say when the Raiders wrap this thing up on, I think whatever it is, January 8th, January 9th, whatever it may be. But you have a chance to really kind of see who the backbone of this team is going to be. Uh, and it's going to be an exciting thing to watch over the stretch here, or down the stretch, I should say. If if the Raiders are able to continue growing the way they're growing right now, think about how much different we will all feel from Mark mm -hmm. Davis all the way down to whatever person is listening to this that has their two-year-old in a, a Raiders onesie right now. Like every single person involved in any level of fandom of this organization is going to feel a heck of a lot better about this team if things continue to progress because it tells you, yeah, look, you know what? We're going the right direction. I, I'm the first to admit I thought the Raiders would start start hotter I thought that we would see what we're seeing now out of the gate, but that doesn't change the fact that we are now seeing what we're seeing. And it looks like a smart football team that understands what they're trying to accomplish with direction and discipline that's out there playing physical on both sides of the ball with a level of explosive uh, energy that is fun to watch. That's what we thought we'd get week one and we may not have gotten it then, but man, it is just, it's a delight to watch now. And I will say this, it is a team that is getting better. It feels like we are seeing tangible improvement. And perhaps most importantly, Fitz, it is a team that has an identity. It is a team that knows who they are, what they are good at. And we have seen now the recipe for success. And it's a pretty darn good recipe. Fitz, are we going to see you on Thursday night? I'm looking at the schedule. I think you're coming back. Is that so? Yeah, yeah I'm oh. here Thursday night. Let's go. I love it. Four in a row. I'm just going to say this. This will be four in a row for Fitz. Can the Raiders make it four in a row? 
We'll have to wait and find out. Make sure you tune into the fifth quarter presented by Twitch, and uh, and hopefully we got a little magic. So, Freddie Pascal, my man Jason Fitz, Al, who's been dominating the board, and everyone else at Silver and Black Productions, thank you for hanging out with us. And a friendly reminder, programming note, we play on Thursday night this week. So don't wait mm. until Sunday. Make sure you you know you finish your work early, you get home, you get to your local watering hole because Thursday night is going to be electric and Fitz and I will be back here in the fifth quarter and we cannot wait. So stay safe, stay healthy, my friends, and we'll see you in a few days. Thank you for listening to the fifth quarter presented by Twitch. Make sure to download the Raiders mobile app and we'll see you next week. The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation.